pour yourself some soju and get comfortable because you are tuning into the confessions of a k-drama queen podcast k-dramas are my guilty pleasure and if you're here they're probably yours too so stick around because we are talking all things k-drama 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 Hey y'all, and thank you for tuning into Confessions of a K-Drama Queen. I'm your host, Josie. I'm a K-Drama nerd since 2009 and have been obsessing the past 13 years. So I'm finally doing something with all of this energy and building this brand new podcast. So if you're new here, Man, I just realized I said, if you're new here, girl, I'm new here. But anyways, my mission is to build a fun community of stands and create a safe space for us to be our regular fangirl, fanboy selves. So for this second episode, you can guess by the title, I will be taking a deep dive into the drama tomorrow. Tomorrow is a drama that follows Jung Woon as he's trying to get a job. After many failed attempts, he heads home one day and he tries to stop someone from committing suicide and ends up landing himself in a coma. Now, as a result, he was given the opportunity to join Kuryang and Imrungu as salt reapers or grim reapers whatever you want to call them and he joins them in this afterlife corporate world however they're not your favorite not your favorite they're not your average uh grim reapers not like the ones that we've seen in other dramas and other animes um at least i haven't seen this kind because their specialty is trying to save people and prevent them from committing suicide so this drama deals with a lot of dark topics in ways that I haven't seen before. I've seen plenty of fantasy dramas that deal with ghosts and the supernatural, but again, not like this. So the first thing I'll say is if you're sensitive to these kinds of topics, I would definitely stay clear from this show. Okay, so let's get into these characters. I'm going to explain each one and a little bit of their background. But before that, I have to let you know my pop filter came in in the middle of this recording. So sorry for the inconsistency of sound. Okay, thank you. Um, so Sun Jung Wung is played by Rong Wung, who is a K-pop group member from SF9. Um, if you don't know him from, you know, his music, you may know him from this drama called King's Affection, which did, I think, pretty well. It's on Netflix still. Um, I give him kudos for picking this role because it's totally different from King's Affection. You know, in King's Affection is kind of like in the old times and, you know, that of that nature. Um, his role here, he plays a modern young man trying to find his bearings in the world and also as a temporary soul reaper. I heard a lot of people had mixed feelings on the way that his acting was in the series. Uh, I guess, you know, with the very lively animated expressions kind of came off a little cheesy. But in my opinion, I kind of think that was the intention of it, seeing as this whole webtoon or this whole drama is based off a webtoon, you know, so bringing something to life from something that is a comic book. Uh, I feel like he he 
did his job. He was serious when he had to be serious, and he was quirky and awkward when he had to be. Then we have Koo Ryong, who is played by Kim Hee-sun, who has plenty of experience in movies and television. However, even she claims that this role was totally different than the ones that she's done before. Her character seems very mysterious in the beginning, like she's been carrying some deep, dark secret. Um, and clearly it's been haunting her for hundreds of years. You know, in the beginning, she's very aloof and hard. She gives a lot of tough love, but you kind of see her character soften up through each episode and you get to watch those layers get peeled back. You know, I don't want to give away too much, but that you can really see the character development in her as we really kind of dig deep into her character and her background and the things that happened to her. I don't know if it's just me or what, but she kind of gives me this Rukia from Bleach kind of vibe um, for my anime fans out there. Like, her hair isn't pink, but she kind of has that kind of, like, same haircut and the length and the whole aloofness and then being a soul reaper on top of that. Like, I was like, wow, it's really giving Rukia. <laughs> and then speaking of bleach, right? Uh, so homegirl Kim, si- Kim Hee-soon had to bleach her hair pink every four days. For my girls out there or my boys who dye their hair, we all know that is incredibly damaging to your hair like we need a moment of silence for that for all her dead ends anyway so her hair was so damaged that strands just kept falling out like she said this in an interview and i was like yikes that is pure dedication but you know what i'm glad she did it because the signature pink hair and the red eyeshadow really made her stand out and then the incredible and versatile wardrobe too like i'm a fashion girl so i love a good outfit she really killed this i liked it then we have lim Ryunggu, who is played by yung jiung uh, you may have seen him in Sweet Home, which was very popular on Netflix, and You Are My Spring, another drama that I freaking loved. Um, anyways, he's another one who was dressed incredibly cool, just like to match Koo Young's fly. Uh, he was kind of he kind of played this assistant manager to this uh, suicide prevention team. I feel like they didn't really elaborate on his character much so far and like mind you i'm halfway through the series at the time of this recording but all i know is that he's from the Junsan dynasty and that's all we know being halfway through the show that's crazy but something tells me he might have some deep compelling story and i feel like it might be tied into Koo young's origin story so i could check back with that you know, once I finish the show and see how I feel about everything. That's kind of what I did with the first episode is I watched half the series, did my little recording, finished the series, and then wrapped up what I thought. So I might do that again. Then lastly, we have Park Jung-gil, who is played by Lee Suk-hyuk. Um, I personally haven't seen his other projects, but I did see that he had a very extensive resume. Uh, his character is basically like the opposite of Koo Young in the sense of what they believe. 
uh, Reaper Jungil escorts souls once they've already died. So, like, once they've already killed themselves, it's over. He shows up and he cleans up the mess. He does all the dirty work. Um, but I can imagine, you know, with him doing this line of work, you know, he doesn't really understand or it kind of comes off that he doesn't really care why humans commit suicide. He's just like, well, let them kill themselves if that's what they want to do. So with that being said, he comes off very cold. And I can I can say that he's like Young. you know, through each episode, he kind of peels back his layers of his personality. There was one episode in one of the cases where uh, this veteran old man passes away and he calls on the entire squad, the entire escort squad to bring him to the afterlife. And not going to lie, I cried, but I'm also a big baby and I cry for, you know, a lot of things. But that was a very emotional moment. And in that moment, it it really was a pivot for his character development that kind of goes to show that he's really not that inhumane. Seeing that I'm still working on the show and everything, they don't really... He's like another mystery, so we still don't know what his deal is. Deep down, I am praying that he is Young's lover from the Jungsung Dynasty because of these crazy flashbacks that we've seen so far in episodes one through six. I'm really, really, really hoping that there is some kind of potential love interest there between those two. I don't want to get my hopes up, but I'm really hoping that's the case. Also, as a fun little side note, I did a little research on Lee Soo Hyuk and I saw that he was a model, which made this light bulb go off in my head. You know, I was like, this all makes sense because this man keeps strutting away every chance he gets. Like, I don't know if you guys notice, but this man's catwalk is undefeated. I was like, somebody put this man on a runway, but it makes sense on why they did so many emphasis on him just walking. Yeah, I was so here for that. But anyways, kind of moving on more into the cases or the storyline itself. One of the first cases that So Jung Woon takes on is to help a girl who works as a TV writer. And she appears to like have a lack of confidence and takes on a lot of workload until one day she is forced to interview this comic book writer. She has this like nervous breakdown and then it turns out that she was being bullied by this chick back in school, like to the point where her homegirl just has PTSD and can't even smile without being triggered. You know, the irony of all of this, though, is that the comic book writer has the nerve to make this make her book about a girl who is being bullied so bad that she fights back. Now, of course, you know, our TV writer girl, she reads this and then goes to her boss and tells, you know, tells him that I can't do this story. Um, the boss is another bully and then just comes at her, and makes her do it. And then this makes her suicide meter goes up. Um, well, I guess we could talk about the suicide meter. It's basically an app that the Soul Reapers use that they can monitor people's suicide rate so they can see if you're more likely to commit suicide. Can you imagine if the government had an app like that that can easily assess people's will to commit suicide? I feel like it would be through the roof at this point in time. Like, 
we would be on watch just because we're one in a recession two gas is like five six dollars and we can't pay back our student loans joe so yeah yeah that was personal anyways the first two episodes were pretty cool the reapers displayed their powers and their abilities they even have this whole inception moment where they jump into the tv writer's memory and they watch all the bullying happen firsthand you know there's one point in time where i guess the memories are about to collapse and they have to go through each memory i guess each window and it looks real crazy just like inception so it makes sense that they put this in the first episode because they're trying to like kind of like drag you in yeah so after all the movie theatrics uh Kudion saves her life uh because she falls off the building and this happened after sharing a couple words with her and it seemed like it was a lot of tough love you know after all that her meter still wasn't low enough to be in the clear so this is where son jung Wung comes in and does something special that actually makes her laugh which is a huge deal if you watch this episode because she has ptsd with even just smiling and laughing so he brings in one of her favorite comedians that he noticed that she liked from when he traveled through her memories and this is where her meter is so low that the other Reapers were shocked. Like, they were shooketh. They were behooved. So, it seems that So Jung Hoon has a natural act uh, or natural ability of being personable to each case and giving them exactly what they need to feel comforted. Um, he's a little dorky, but his passion is there to help others. And I feel like he deserves this role as a temporary Soul Reaper. Now, I don't want to bore you guys with every case and every detail and every episode and whatever happens, you know, because I this podcast is meant to be a vibe and it's supposed to encourage you guys to go watch it yourselves if you haven't already watched it. So I'm trying my best to give you enough to want to watch it without spoiling the entire show for you. I also kind of want to get into the ratings of this show. I did a little research and the results behooved me a little bit. You know, according to Nielsen Korea, tomorrow kicked off with like this strong pilot episode and it earned, quote, 7.6% nationwide rating and then also 8.2% in the metropolitan areas. But plot twist, this is the best that they will ever do going forward with the season. Uh, with the show starting by episode nine, the ep uh, the ratings went down to like three percent from actually from three percent to two point nine percent and eventually reached their lowest at two point five percent by its 10th episode, which is crazy. It started off so strong with a seven to eight percent down to two point five percent. Holy cow. So to summarize that all up, the drama did very well globally, thanks to Netflix, but in South Korea, things were a different story, and I'm so curious to know why that is. Um, then, you know, as I was kind of like researching everything, I found this video on YouTube by Miss K-Drama, and she mentions that one of the reasons were due to the time of broadcasting. When the show was on air, it was competing against Again My Life, It's Beautiful Now, and The King's Tears. 
and Love featuring marriage and divorce, which is on their third season. Crazy. I couldn't even get into that drama, to be honest with you. I watched the first episode of the first season of that one. You know, I, it was only because Sung Hoon was one of the male leads. But even then, like, I just couldn't get with it. Yeah. And as I mentioned earlier, there were mixed reviews on Rowan's acting. But my money is on the way that the show handled suicide cases. Um, even Miss K-Drama could agree that the advice given to these victims on the show was uh, pretty basic. Sorry, writers of Tomorrow. It felt real cheesy. And it's like we all know that we should love ourselves, that we should stay optimistic, that we should stand up for ourselves. But the reality is someone throwing those words at us like doesn't make us automatically feel the need to do those things or feel the strength to love ourselves like you can't just say one thing once and then they're like oh thank you so much this was something that I've always needed to hear my entire life and giving people those advice is just isn't the answer so I can kind of understand why Koreans couldn't get jiggy with that especially with them being one of the top suicide countries I had to google it so it's like this is a real life problem for them and just putting a little band-aid as a tv show isn't, I guess, in their opinion, gonna fix anything. However, we have to remember that this is just a show and most of us watch these to escape real life and real life problems. We wish that it could be all simple, but the show is just a fantasy and they're trying their best to tackle these difficult topics and making it suitable for the audience. So I commend them for trying and stepping out of the box because at the end of the day, it's about raising awareness. And they did that. So despite despite all the cheesy and basic advice, the storyline is still amazing and it has a lot of depth. So I definitely recommend this show. On that note, I'm going to go finish the rest of it and see how it ends. I'm really, really, really hoping that it ends terrifically. I guess as terrific as it can because, well, it's a lot of bad news. It's just a lot of just death and making me cry every second. So be right back. Okay, I'm back. And I finished the rest of the series And honestly, I have been battling myself on whether or not I should share like certain details on episodes, but I don't want to constantly like contradict myself, you know, whether I should give out some spoilers and go into detail or not. So I decided that if you hear this sound, that means If you have not already seen the show and you're not interested in spoilers, this would be your cue to exit the podcast. So since I already played it, if that's you and you have not watched the show, well, thank you for joining us today. And please leave me a review. Follow my Instagram at k.dramaqueenxl. I'll catch you next time. Bye. Okay, now that they've exited, it is time to spill the soju because these last couple episodes were crazy and they had me like rocking back and forth and crying. 
Now, I am completely baffled on how this show's ratings did. Like, how do they get these poor ratings towards the end? Because honestly, that's like where it started picking up. Like, I'm not going to lie. I was cringing with the whole doggy episode and I shouldn't because I have an old dog. So I should be able to relate because one day I'm going to be a nervous wreck when that happens. But like it was just so cringy and i was like are they really gonna escort this dog to the afterlife but i realize now that that whole episode served a purpose it was to relieve us of all the crap that had just happened we digested that because they were kind of giving us a moment of just like relief because what the monstrosity of what was coming next child everything after that episode was just a straight-up tragedy like titanic if you will lee hyung storyline was crazy and i was so shocked because i knew he was gonna have something a little out there um and there was a reason why they were keeping us from the details the whole first half of the show but holy cow like these last couple episodes were very hard to watch for me and a little hard to digest like it was sexual abuse after sexual abuse i can't even fathom how ryungu had maintained his entire composure after his mom was straight up assaulted like that and like the way that she took her life i don't that was intense i was not expecting that at all but, like, side note, who knew that the reason he was picking his nose was because he, like, OD'd on a, on a crack pipe? Like, I don't even know if I should say that word. I don't know. It was crack. It was something. It was drugs. Anyways, I just thought that the whole nose-picking thing was just part of his charm and the quirkiness of his character. But the whole reason behind that was just, I also, like, was not expecting that. Like, I thought that was just a signature thing, the same way that I thought Kuryon had her cute little red eyeshadow. I had no idea that that was actually a love devotion to her man, which, at no surprise, was uh, Reaper head honcho Jungil. Man, he really pissed me off the way that he used the reaper vow to stop kurion from saving her bestie i was like he's gotta go no how 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 are we gonna come back from that but i'm glad he gained his memories and ended up saving her from uh going to hell basically man i feel so bad for kurion to have lived such a difficult life like it really shows how poorly women are treated constantly like I hate it here. But anyways, before I get off on the deep end on that, if you watched my last episode, you know I'm a stickler for endings. So the way that a show ends, for me, it affects the entire series. So if it's a really bad ending, I the whole show is just gone to waste. I will say this. Uh, the ending of the show did not leave a bad taste in my mouth. They did the best they could without making it all wishy-washy, um... In the end, you know, like in a perfect world, it would have been nice for them to all have been friends and not have Jung Woo lose his memories after 
everything they've been through. But I am happy that Jungil and Kuhyeon get to spend eternity together, even though their ties have been cut. And Lim Hyung-gu is there for the ride. So I'm glad that the squad gets to stay together. Like, that's that's as good as it can be. And he gets to be healed and gets to watch his mama from afar. So that's cool. And I'm assuming after 50 years, when Jungwoo dies, he'll join the RM team again. The only thing that could have made this ending, like, chef's kiss 100% better, in my opinion, would have been to add an epilogue at the end of that episode. They had them the entire series, or no, I lied, the first half of the series, And then I guess when things got serious, they discontinued it, which makes sense. Kind of hard to add humor after you did a whole episode on sexual assault. But I would have liked to seen John Woong arrive in the afterlife after being escorted by the squad and picking up where he left off. I mean, at the very least, I would have loved to see some of that romantic relationship that was heavily implied between him and Chehui, the pop star. She was Kuryong's reincarnated bestie. But hey, at the end of the day, the show needs the credit it deserves. I give it an 8 out of 10. And I have one more point to make before I'm out of here. Where do these Reapers live Because they only show up in the office and they're only there. I don't listen. I have no clue. Like, uh, Jungil has insomnia, so he hangs out in his office. I guess that's where he sleeps all day. Um, I get like, do they have homes, apartments? I guess he didn't have time to show that in the drama because it's not that kind of drama. But I was just so curious. Like, every time uh, Jungwoo stepped into the office and they they weren't there, I was like, do they have homes? Are they home? Are they vampires? Do they just sleep, like, upside down? But I guess I'll never find the answer to that, so. And that's enough of me running my mouth today. Again, follow me on Instagram at k.dramaqueenxl and tell me your thoughts on tomorrow. Did you hate it? Did you love it? Did you not watch it? Do you want to watch it? Uh, Leave me a review because I want to hear from you guys. So till next time, I'm planning on before I leave. See, I can't stop running in my mouth. Uh, Before I leave, I'm going to be watching Wuri the Virgin on Vicky. I need a little humor after all of this craziness. So. On that note, bye guys!